Thank you for coming here today. It's me, Linda Sage, on Learning From Life. One thing I can promise you, there'll be people to meet over the airways here you'll never forget. Some, as long as you live. Let's just say, most have had what could be termed as an interesting life. It's not what happens, it's how you deal with it. And one line from any of them could change the way you deal with things forever. They'll be landing from all parts of the planet, all ages, backgrounds and experiences. Telling the truth of how it was and how they manage things may just help you miss a rock or two along your road too. Hi and thank you for joining me. I'm so pleased to have the guests uh, that I have this week. I know all my guests are special but this one is just amazing. So many different hats from HR specialist, a visibility strategist, a certified master NLP practitioner and lots of award-winning speaking and writing and all sorts of other things as well. So I'm not quite sure where we're going to start today. But with me is the lovely Michelle Raymond. Hey, thank Hi. you for the invitation, Linda. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're very welcome. And I'm so pleased that you're here with us. Yes, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, there, there is so much. I'm sure we can talk loads about all sorts of things. But uh, let's find a starting point. So tell us a little bit, who is Michelle Raymond as a person and a professional? Right. Yeah. So I, 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 when people ask me this question, I always get stumped because I think to myself, God, what, what am I first? So firstly, <laughs> I, I like to say I'm a mother, a daughter, I'm a wife. And um, yeah, so happily married, nice family home. And outside of that, I am an entrepreneur. I run my own HR consultancy. I have a small team there. And I also do a visibility strategy for entrepreneurs who want to become more visible and who want to make themselves known so that they can, uh, they can attract their paying customers. So, uh, and then outside of that, I am a trustee for two charities. I don't even know how I've managed to find time to do all of this actually now that I'm thinking about it out loud <laughs> yeah I'm a trustee um I keep up to date with my NLP so I have every week actually I have practice um with my coach on my NLP techniques and outside of that I do speaking and I deliver training in different countries in the UK and I'll, and sing <laughs> just to throw that in as well. <laughs> yes, you have a you have a fantastic singing voice. I mean that that's another world all apart, isn't yeah, it? A whole world away. Yeah. Is is that your way of relaxing sometimes? Yeah, because it's so different from with my HR hat on. I've got to be like very quite stern. I have to make some really uncomfortable decisions, and everything's just by the book. Uh, with the visibility work that I do, it's a bit more um, free-flowing, but nothing is as creative as singing and getting to travel the world, singing with some of the biggest bands in the world, the biggest pop stars in the world, and just the lifestyle is completely different, you know? It just makes mm -hmm. you wonder. Yeah, the wealth divide. <laughs> That's when I see the wealth divide. <laughs> It must it must be quite strange, you know, sort of going and, and changing from one to the other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think wearing the different hats, I, I, it can be quite 
it can be quite um, all-consuming, to be fair. But I, I have to just learn in the week. I have to really just be so strict on myself and say, you know, this, you know, these days is just HR. These days are just uh, visibility. And then sometimes in the evening, well, you know, post pre-COVID, I might be singing at a millionaire millionaire's house up in Knightsbridge. <laughs> Two two worlds. Two completely different worlds. <laughs> but this wave that you're you're sort of surfing along on at the moment, life's mm. not always been like that, has it? No, no, it definitely hasn't. I'm really enjoying where I am right now. I'm enjoying um, the flexibility I have. I'm enjoying the impact. I'm enjoying the income. But no, it hasn't always been like that. It's a journey. It's been a struggle. To if I'm quite fair, it's been a struggle. So in, in you're talking about visibility because you got to a stage where you didn't feel visible. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, did you want me to share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, we're coming up to probably 10, 11 years now. Uh, I had a situation with my ex-husband where he was found guilty at the time of committing some really heinous crimes um, which involved children. And at that time, he was in prison. Well, actually, just before the imprisonment, uh, we had to go to court for a number of times. And when I was there, it's just like I didn't exist. It was, it was all about, obviously, it was all about him. It was all about the victims. But no one actually really cared how I was coping with it. How was I coping with the fallout of having, you know, this person who I was married to, who was totally in love with, then having this whole world that there's probably a different life. I didn't know what was true, what wasn't true. And I had to cope with, you know, protecting my daughter at the time. So I just felt hugely invisible and nobody wanted to, wanted to know or cared about how I felt about it. And I, I remember being at church and the, the pastor or the preacher at the time said that we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that just dropped my spirit so deeply because I just thought to myself, Michelle, you're holding yourself responsible, you know, uh, for not seeing signs, for feeling that you were involved when you weren't really involved. And it really played on my mind and my mentality. But that particular quote just transformed everything in a moment for me. And I just thought, Michelle, you're not to blame. And you have the right to be seen. You have the right to be heard. And you have the right to make yourself known. And it was from there that trigger changed because I started fixing up myself in the sense of I was I fell into depression and I wasn't looking after my daughter very well and social services got involved. And I just thought, no, Michelle, now I'm the only role model she has. Be seen, be visible in her life. Let her see what it's like to be a strong and she's a young black girl, how to be a strong black woman. Let me be the example, let me be the mentor um, that she sees. So when she doesn't see it on the TV, when she doesn't see it on magazines, she knows it's happening in her home. And that's, for me, was the driver of change to make myself visible. And it's always, and that theme has just run through um, in my career, doing the visibility work of entrepreneurs. Just, I, I see people are hugely skilled and hugely talented. I'm thinking, but no one knows you even exist. How would you get yourself in front of these right people? And even with the HR, all those, most of my work is around 
HR support, HR service delivery, where I might do training and recruitment. But also I, I work with the staff and I'm thinking, if you want to be promoted, how do you make yourself visible? So that visibility stream, making yourself known, has stuck with me in my personal life and it's transcended into my professional life. Yeah. And, and as you say, it, it's quite a diverse area that we're working because uh, HR and NLP and all sorts of things like this. So how did you actually get involved with each of them? Uh, with the HR, I was actually uh, made redundant at uh, one of the organisations, one of the larger organisations I was working for. And I was made redundant while I was pregnant. And I just felt at that time, this couldn't be right. I haven't had any consultations. Uh, I wasn't asked about any other job opportunities within the business. So I made it my uh, goal to really read up about HR, find out, study it. So what happened to me when it happened to other people? So I was almost like a champion for the underdog when I got into HR. And I was providing services to employees. Um, but then I realised that it wasn't enough to pay my mortgage when I was just charging like 50 quid. I think my first client was like 50 quid to to help him during like a grievance procedure. Um, so I thought if I can work for the employer but with the same values and making sure that they're treating their employees fairly, then I'm, I can still support employees. So that's how I got into HR. And I mm -hmm. fell into entrepreneurial, um, the entrepreneurial side, literally because uh, I was at this event with my now husband, who was my fiance at the time. And we were at this big event. And so the guy on the stage said, who here wants to promote and talk about their business, please come on stage. I didn't put my hand up and my, my fiance put my hand up, pushed my arm up and out of the whole of the crowd, they selected me and I just thought, oh my God, I am a HR business partner. I don't run my own business. What am I gonna do? But I went on stage and I thought, God, how do I not like, how do I talk about this fictitious company so what I decided to do is just talk about my skills and my expertise rather than the business. And that's what I did. And I talked about HR. But when I got off stage, I was inundated by people saying, Michelle, I will help you help us with our contracts. Could you help us with our policies? And that's how I got into entrepreneurialism, because I just started helping people but you know run a small HR department or just support them as a remote HR worker and yeah the rest is history and I'm here like four years later I'm still here <laughs> doing the same thing <laughs> did, did you actually find because a lot of people that dream about being an entrepreneur because they they mm -hmm. have this vision of sitting on a white beach with their toes <laughs> in the lovely warm water wouldn't working an nice? hour a day <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be nice Linda oh my god I'm waiting for that day myself <laughs> So, but the actual mindset, because you've gone from employed to entrepreneur, that, that's a big step. Yeah, it was. And because I was working in HR, I, I, I kind of knew the tricks of how to make that transition that won't burn me and that I can still support my family. So I actually told my chief exec a whole year in advance and so that I'll be leaving in a year's time so that they have time to recruit. I had time to finish off the projects, the special projects I was working on, but also had time to save. 
So I was able to save uh, any bonuses I had. I put that in my leave. I called it a leaving. My, no, I called it my exit pot. That was it. And so any extra income went straight into that pot. And I could plan myself accordingly. And my planning, ex my exit plan also included getting in contact with all the operational companies that supported my previous company, just to let them know. So it worked in two parts. I wanted to let them know that I was leaving because I had built relationships with them. Mm -hmm. Then I also let them know that I'm running my own independent HR consultancy. This is what we'll be focusing on. So if they ever had a need for that, then um, I'll be there for them. And it worked out because my first big HR client was an IT company, and it's the IT company that used to provide HR for my old company. <laughs> so I just took, kept in contact with everybody so I could um, build those my own relationships with them. I think that's a big thing, a key. I mean, and you're very, very good at this, at, uh, at talking to people and building these relationships. Yes, most definitely. It's got to come from a place of authenticity, you know. I, I'm building... I'm this is how I see it. I strategically think, who do I want to connect with? Who do I see that there's some longevity in that I can partner and support or who they can partner and support me or who they can partner and support my own clients? So I go into relationship building with a three-tier prong. But I need, I always need it to come from a place of, I actually do like you and I hope you actually do like me. So although we know that there could be a some sort of business partnership at the end of this, it's I'm, so there's one lady in particular, she's doing such a marvellous work. I love what she's doing. I share what she does. I make comments about what she does because I love, I just love what she stands for and I love her vision. And because of that, we're building relationships. And I know that she runs these international events. I, I want to speak on one of her platforms, but I know I'm not going to put myself in a position where she's going to say no. I'm preparing the way. The law of reciprocity works 100%. And even if it doesn't, you know, you just think it's still an experience. So when the right time comes, I want to be able to say, listen, my darling, I've been loving all you've been doing. It's been over a year. And I just would really love to offer my services and speak at one of your events. And let's see how we can make it happen. I don't expect to get a no. <laughs> to be fair, because <laughs> we've built this relationship and... And it's been purely out of authenticity. And now I just want to ask. <laughs> mm -hmm. And NLP, that's a little bit of a further transition, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, NLP, I did that when I uh, divorced my first husband. And I just wanted to understand how my mind works. I wanted to understand how not only my mind, but my language patterns and how I can re-perceive the world around me and I wanted to my whole ethos was I need to judge less and love more because mm. at that time I was just full of full of hate and I just thought if I can use NLP to my advantage to make me a better person I never needed it at that time for other people for clients it was just to make me a better human being Mm -hmm. And to take away the hate I had for him, the hate I had for, I even had hate for the victims because I felt like they messed up my life. I had this idyllic life, you know, um, and I just wanted to get past that. I had to forgive him. I had to forgive them. I had to forgive myself. And yeah. NLP and some of the practices 
helped me do that. And then I thought, oh my God, this is so good. How can I utilize this in my business to really understand people, how to manage their outcomes? And it's been brilliant. I love it. So you've got a lot of outcomes for yourself and for others. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And speaker as well. Obviously, this is this has come about in time, but TEDx is uh, one of the biggies, and you've yes. been there and done that. Yes. Yeah, I um, oh God, I love Linda. I love speaking. You know, um, as you can notice, I'm just speaking a lot on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I love speaking, but I believe we've all got something to say, and um, I I I built a course around the business of speaking because I saw there's enough people out there showing you how to speak which is the delivery but do you understand how to monetize your speaking and it's not always through the the transaction of just being paid directly for speaking so Mm -hmm. I created this course called uh, the business of speaking where I go step by step how to get paid to speak and how to still get paid when you're not paid uh, directly to speak so we just look at all the angles and I help people with their show reels and I help people how to negotiate contracts and they have access to my contracts um, I have a particular framework which I share with them and if they go through the steps you know they'll get lots of speaking engagements and actually one of the one of the points I do tend to say and which always people don't seem to like is it's not about your story because I think everybody thinks I want to be a speaker because I want to share my story, which I think is all nice and fluffy. But if you want to get paid, no one wants to hear your story. The event organiser doesn't want to hear your story. The people in the audience don't want to hear your story. And the CEOs of a company who have authorised this event doesn't want to hear your story. So my thing is, how can we take an aspect of your story that provides a solution to the audience you're speaking to? Yeah. And that's how we, and that's, that's what I love about speaking is we are all solution architects and we just need to know what to pick from our toolkit to solve a problem for the audience. Yeah, that, that's so important because uh, literally everybody in the audience is, is sat there thinking, what's in it for me? That's all. Yeah. Yes, that's all. Yeah. That's all. So you have many hats here that we've spoken about, but um, what about when you take all these hats off? What do you like doing for you? Me, I, I do like travelling. I really like travelling and I've missed it during this time. Um, and I, I just, I'm, I'm quite an easy, low-key, I'm not high maintenance, so my husband's very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, I'm, I just like to go, I like to go to the park. I like to have barbecues. I like to entertain. And just have good friends around me, just good vibes. So I don't mm-hmm. ask for much. And that and and I've recently been doing this, and it's been so such great fun because I I'm, I've been suffering from sciatica where I sit too long and I have lower back pains and I've got spasm in my right legs. So all of that just really made me rethink about my health. And I just thought, gosh, if I have no health and I'm chasing all this wealth, it means nothing if I was to you know, drop down dead tomorrow. Do you know what I mean? It yes. made me really think. So I don't take, I'm not taking on anyone's stresses and I don't take on anybody else's. I think I made this decision about a month ago when I was laying in bed and I just couldn't move. And I just thought, Michelle, what's happened to you? You know, and it, it was a wake up call. And I said to myself, I just said, Michelle, 
you've got to put you first and everybody gives you things you know they'll call me out the blue and say oh michelle you need someone to help with the mentoring program or michelle we're creating this new initiative we want you to be a part of it so i feel like i'm doing everybody building everybody else's vision and dreams and not doing my own and i just thought nah so i emailed i think I, that day i emailed about 10 people and i just said i'm sorry I, I can do this for you, but not on your time. I can't do it on your time because I have to put my first, myself first, my health first, and I have to prioritise me. So I, I lost one contract, and, and, I, and I didn't even care. And I just thought, I'm not going to kill myself to get something done for you. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. And I do, and and people, and most, and everybody else is quite understanding. So I just thought, this is. I've always been nervous to say no. And take and I just take on too much, but yeah, yeah. That, that that's a big lesson, isn't it? To learn, mm-hmm, learn to mm-hmm. say no without yeah. uh, feeling guilty about it. Yeah, it is. But uh, uh, you must have built quite a decent um, business in the time before, and of course, then COVID came along, and especially for speakers, it sort of wiped the bottom of the market out. So, what's come out of this for you? For me, I it just showed me how creative I can be when my back is against the wall. And not only to be creative, but to, to be creative quickly. So uh, in terms of the HR, obviously furlough just took over. I Before all of this, I think I've heard furlough in my whole lifetime twice. And I've never heard it since. But then it was my main, it was my, my breakfast, lunch and dinner, furlough, furlough, furlough. So, and I have a great skill in reading information and understanding it quickly and being able to interpret that simply. And that's exactly what I did. So I was able to support people, organizations who are furloughing staff. I was able to support employees who felt like, oh my God, what does furlough mean to me? So I was able to absorb that information very quickly. And I I found that what's worked for me is that I can adapt quickly to new trends. So last year, May last year, um, we were looking at GDPR and I did the same technique. I went onto the website and I absorbed the content for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And then every day for about a month, I was just putting out content around GDPR, just little five-minute slots. And I, I then I was booked for speaking engagements all over the UK and Europe. So I've just done the same for this, you know, for the COVID, just educating and informing people about furlough. Now I'm educating and informing people around redundancies as that's the next phase mm-hmm. that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yes. And just ensuring that companies do it fairly, make sure they do it, they do it with dignity. It's redundancy with dignity because if you're going to make it, how can we do it swiftly and how can we do it nicely? Some people haven't been in companies for two years. They get nothing. But how can you make the exit sweeter, you know, with a bit yeah. more dignity? So that's what I'm just putting out content for my HR clients around that area, really. So I, I, I've worked. I've kept working. I've kept working and I've, I've taken on new clients, to be fair. And I've taken a lot of clients who want more visibility, especially around COVID. So it's it's worked for me, or I've made it work for me. 
And so, and so what's the future for Michelle? What uh, what goals have you got out there? Yeah, oh, I've got some big, crazy goals. I, I do believe that this is going to be sound so random, Linda, but bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. So this is how I see it. Oprah is probably one of the most famous people in the world. Uh, and she, and obviously she's a big name in the US. Who do we have in the UK? So I'm, I'm talking now as a black woman. What representative do we have in the UK like Oprah? Who do we have? We don't have anyone. There's a space. I say there's a space for me, right? This is how I see it. There's a space for me. Why can't I be the UK's version to Oprah Winfrey? This is how I look at my life every day. And I'm thinking, I don't have to speak like her. I don't need to act like her. I can be myself, my true self, where I wear my heart on my sleeve. I like to laugh. I like to have fun. I get my work done. I get people to do work. But why can't I be the UK's answer to Oprah Winfrey? That's how I see my goal. So my goal is what do I need to do to get there? So if that means um, delivering more content, if that means creating a fan base, a following, I have to do that. I'm not very good at it, to be fair. And that's I've got to do more of it. But that's 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 my goal. That's what I'm working on. And it's got your name on it. Just it's got my name on it. That's what I'm saying, Linda. <laughs> if there's a gap in the market in the UK, why am I not filling it? Yeah. Why can't I fill it? I don't see anything stopping me. You've identified it, so you nab it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so as this programme is about learning from life, if you were looking back and telling you know, yourself when you were so down with the situation with your husband and your daughter and everything else, what what advice do you think you could have told that person from now? Yeah, I, I would say, first of all, do not blame yourself. Everything that you do is meant to happen. Nothing is by accident. That's the first thing I would say. Nothing is by accident. Even what I went through, I now believe wholeheartedly this didn't happen just for me it happened for me to get through and to show other people the way out of their own situation the way of their own problems so that that's one of my things and that i've got from this and also it's about understanding where your purpose is and i believe wholeheartedly wholeheartedly that i was born for more than this i was never never created just to exist and i don't believe other people are created to exist so when i see people living under their potential i'm just like rise up you have to up level even through this crisis you have to up level there's people who have bricks and mortar shops that are now trying to transition online you find somebody who you can partner with who have an invested uh interest in your vision to help you create something online we're listening we're hearing that major shops Major shops are closing, Pret-a-Manger, um, Warehouse, Topshop, because there's no footfall. Mm-hmm. And these are big companies making millions of millions and millions of dollars. But this, for me, that means it's the entrepreneur's time to rise. This is how I see it. The big conglomerates, um, they are failing. So there's space in the market for our us people like us entrepreneurs who have a digital presence because everything's going to move 
as much as stuff is going to move online, it's now how do we use our capabilities so that we can still serve our community and make an impact? There's no time to sit down. There's no time to sit and wait. I don't believe so at all. That time is gone. That time is gone. And it's about up-leveling. Do whatever it takes to get to wherever you need to be. That's, that's the motto. Yeah, great, great advice there. So, Michelle, what have you got on offer and how can people get in touch with you? Well, gosh, uh, I've got quite a few things. But <laughs> I, I think for, for your speakers, um, I've, I've gotten a course and I'm happy to actually send you a discount code so that they can get a percentage off. And it's a very, inter although it's an online course, it's interactive because you have a private group and I go through the modules with you. So, and I, and I find that people buy an off-the-shelf course and then don't use it. Mm -hmm. But I like to uh, make sure, you know, some people are on module one, some people, are, you know, on module eight. But my thing is, what have you done? Where's your showreel? Uh, who knows about you? What, how have you been active on LinkedIn? What new connections have you got? Have you followed through? So I'm on them all the time. I'm on them all the time. I want people to be launching memberships and, you know, they're getting people to speak. I want people to speak because when you speak, you are heard. When you're heard, you have the potential to make an impact. Yeah, so in terms of uh, the offer on that, I definitely will share a discount code with you, which you can share to your listeners. And in terms of getting in contact with me, I think the, the best uh, routes are through social media, Facebook and LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me as Michelle Raymond. You see me all over because I'm on a mission. <laughs> I'm on a mission, Linda. And you're, I'm taking the uh, Oprah crown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, feel free to add me and uh, let's connect. Oh, that's fantastic. Michelle, thank you so, so much for your time today. No and problem at all really appreciate and luckily because it's on a podcast you can listen to this back so many times because there's so much information there and uh, you can get all those golden nuggets uh -huh, so uh -huh. thank you so much everybody for being with us hope you have a good week take care of yourself and we will be back with you again soon bye for now thank you for listening this podcast was recorded in conjunction with the chapel fm art center and east leeds fm radio station for more information about them and all the good work that they do is www.elfm.co.uk and to know more about what linda sage is doing her website is www.lindasage.com also on all the other social medias